From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Frank McKenzie, to say he's executive director of Global and National Security Institute, and yes, a former Central Command commander. He joins us this morning at the Citadel, and I speak here, uh, General of Natalie Stewart, the Marine Corps winner this year at the Citadel of that August award. What was it like coming out of NROTC your first day serving the nation? Well, I was excited. I, uh, I had the good fortune to actually go to Okinawa uh, to command a rifle platoon in the 3rd Marine Division in, uh, in 1980. It was an exciting time. We deployed to Korea. We did a variety of things that were all very challenging for somebody just just out of college. It was a, uh, it was a great, bracing, exciting experience, and apparently I liked it because I hung around for 42 years. You are the 14th commander of Central Command. The 12th co- uh, commander of Central Command is a bit distracted now. What is Lloyd Austin and our people in harm's way, what are they doing this morning in the Eastern Mediterranean? I think our primary task in the Eastern Mediterranean, and indeed throughout the entire region to the east, is to ensure that Iran is deterred and does not enter the, the, the current problems that Israel's having with Gaza. I think that's our overarching, uh, the overarching objective of both our diplomacy and the recent military deployments that you've seen. At the same time, we also seek to ensure uh, that Lebanese Hezbollah, sitting up in southern Lebanon, doesn't choose to enter the fray. Uh, that would be very, very bad for both those both those entities. Mm-hmm. And the force that we move there is all designed to make them think twice before taking that taking that very bad decision. Is Israeli mater- military or allied military impinged? by the volume of modern media. This is different from your tours of duty. This video, this cable TV, this social media, does that affect the military? I think as a commander, and certainly I saw this at U.S. Central Command from 1999 to 2019 to 2022, you have to recognize that that volume of media presence is there. It's not going to go away. You can't ignore it. People are actually getting news from it, what you want to try to do. And here's where we are sometimes hampered. We're going to have an essential relationship with the truth. We want to tell the truth. When we put something out there, we want to be honest about it. We want it to be able to stand up to fact checking. And if we make mistakes, and we do, we acknowledge those mistakes. But many of our opponents, uh, Hamas, Lebanese Hezbollah, uh, the Russians, have no essential relationship with the truth. And so that's not important to them when they operate in the media and in the information space. General, very good morning to you. You talk about uh, how collaterals are being deployed. There was a statement yesterday from Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin III, obviously deploying an additional uh, carrier, the USS Dwight Eisenhower, uh, to Central Command and also readying some troops uh, just on the, on, on the risk 
of needing them. How important is this step change in preparedness for an escalation? Because that does not sound like a nation, the USA, in preparedness for de-escalation. Well, actually, it is all designed for escalation. Uh, the capabilities that we're bringing into the theater are largely uh, in, involved circle around air and missile defense and the ability to fight in that domain. So that's the threat. The threat to Israel is actually not large-scale invasion from Iran or Lebanese Hezbollah. It actually is the, the proliferation of missiles, land attack cruise missiles, which are low-flying missiles, and of course, drones. And so the systems that we're bringing into the theater are all designed to assist in the defense of Israel against those weapons, but also, uh, should, should it be necessary, we have the, we always reserve the right to strike from where those missiles came. Do you think that that build-up is enough in messaging of itself to Iran to perhaps reduce the risk of multiple fronts escalating? You talked about Hezbollah in Lebanon, etc. But do you think that this military show is a message, a communication to Iran about the folly of escalation on multiple fronts? We know analytically that Iran looks very carefully at the correlation of forces in the region. When we reinforce, uh, they, they take notice of that. In fact, going back over many years, we can trace very clearly Iran provocations to unwise, untimely uh, drawdowns in our posture in the region. So I think this will have an effect. Now, look, it's always hard to predict mm -hmm. ultimate decisions mm -hmm. in Iran variables. But I think I think we're doing all the right things. I think the messaging from the secretary has been very strong, very clear. I think the forced posture in the theater sends a very clear signal to Iran. In the theater, General McKenzie, there will be the question of should we show the flag and should we have a different deployment of our forces over a long period? Do you see a sea change here where we will deploy differently in the Mediterranean up to Turkey, that we'll, we'll deploy differently in the Red Sea and on down to the Indian Ocean. Is it a sea change moment for the Pentagon? I think what we're, uh, we're relearning an old lesson, that uh, while you may want to turn your back on the Middle East and you may want to walk away, and we do in, in many ways, uh, you can't actually do that because we have vital national interests here. We have longstanding friends here, and we're going to have to keep a presence here. Again, I think we, we trace many of these problems to times when we've let our posture drop too low in the, in the theater, in the region. Our friends uh, are not reassured by that, and our potential adversaries draw confidence when we do that. So uh, is it a sea change? Don't know. Too soon to tell. Mm -hmm. I will say this. I think that we're seeing right now are appropriate, timely, measured, and uh, and I believe they're going to have an effect. General McKenzie, thank you so much. Frank McKenzie of the Citadel and the Central Command uh, with us uh, today. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.